Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Welcome to In Her Shoes. I'm Lindsay Peoples, and I'm Editor-in-Chief of The Cut. On this show, I get to talk to people that we love and admire, or some that we just find interesting. We'll explore how they found their path and what maybe have gotten in their way, and how they brought others along now that they've arrived. Alyssa Shalaski is a writer in all the ways you can think of. She writes for magazines, she writes for books, and she writes for the big screen. Now the Sex Diaries column she edits for New York Magazine is being made into a docuseries for HBO, which she both produces and stars in. We talked to her about what it was like putting Sex Diaries on the screen, the stories that have stuck with her throughout the years, and how she personally balances all that she does while being a mom. So I start every show with asking my guests about their literal shoes. So you have to tell me what shoes you're either wearing right now, or if you're barefoot, what are your favorite pair of shoes at the moment? Okay, I'm wearing warm, cozy socks because I'm cold, but they're, they're oh. that brand Bombas, and I I love them. I buy a lot of them at once when they're on clearance. Um, okay. But I'm glad you asked because I am very loyal to this brand of shoe called Frida Salvador. Do you know? Okay, are you familiar? I've heard of it, yes. I don't know. A friend got me hooked. I think, like, basically I bought my first expensive pair of shoes forever but they were Frida's and it was like six years ago and since then I've just bought like two or three pairs a year and almost nothing else and I just wear them to death look into them love I mean they're expensive enough to make you feel great when you're wearing them (laughs) but they're they're also like a price point that like normal people can afford yeah every now and then Okay, so then what would you say, though, it feels like to be in your shoes in your life figuratively at this moment? A lot is happening right now. A lot of sort of like careful what you wish for, because I have been pushing so hard with my career for so many years. And it's it's all happening, um, which right. is amazing. The Sex Diaries docuseries is airing. Um, it happened. It came to life. We birthed it. My second book just came out. We're turning, developing that into a TV show. Um, Amazing. I'm starting to think about a third book. And then, of course, I have my <laughs> weekly Sex Diaries column, which never fails to keep me stressed and and, and excited at the same time. Yeah. And then all the other I'm work sure. for New York Mag that I need to do to pay the bills. And I have two young kids. <laughs> um, and no, you know, I've never had a nanny. And, um, and it's a lot, but it's all I ever wanted was to be a mother and to be a writer. And both are happening fast and furiously. So I try not to complain, even though yeah. I 
I will probably complain throughout this entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to the beginning, though, of, you know, what made you want to be a writer? Was that something that you always wanted to do and just were good at? Or, you know, how did you actually grow into being the writer that you are today? I feel very lucky that I always knew what I wanted to be, and that was a writer. Um, most of my friends, you know, it takes a long time to figure that out, but um, I always had that part of my life sorted. Uh, I just I just knew. I don't know. I started a, a little column in my newspaper. I grew up in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, um, and mm-hmm. the city next to my town was called Springfield, Massachusetts. I started a little column when I was 10 years old and I had my own column until college. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's what got me into college because it was not Mm -hmm. my grades. Um, And (laughs) I was able to stay focused. And I, I, you know, I write from college. I worked at MTV and then I started working at magazines. I worked at Us Weekly. It was like sort of pre-reality star where I was interviewing celebrities and then People (laughs) Magazine. And then came... New York Magazine, and that was about, right. that started for me about 10 years ago um, at Grub Street with Alan Sitzma as my editor. Yeah. yeah. So do you remember the first time that you wrote about sex and relationships? I think I was 13, maybe 12. I mean, I was oh, writing wow. about this stuff from a very young age, like prom dates, dating, should I date Jewish guys? Should I not? Should I um, go to the prom with someone who I like as a friend, but would never kiss? I mean, like these like sort of silly high school um, micro dramas. Um, And then before any of this, actually, like in my 20s, before I joined New York Mag, I had Glamour Magazine, or like basically the world's first dating blog. It was Condé Nast's Mm -hmm. first dating blog called See Alyssa Date. And it was ridiculous, if I'm being honest. And I just <laughs> said yes, because it paid well. And it was just a really big deal for someone like me to write mm-hmm. for Glamour magazine. But the theme of that blog was like, help this girl find a husband. And oh, wow. even then, I knew that I was pretty much anti-marriage and never gave a shit about finding a husband. I mean, I'm, I loved dating and I always had boyfriends and lovers, but I did not care about any of that, but that was the gig and I took it and it was like a two year situation. And my editors at Glamour did nothing wrong. They were pretty cool, but I hated that blog because it wasn't me. I wasn't being my true self. I was being this character, Alyssa, who was single and lonely and, you know, right. dating a million men. So when that, and oh, and like Gawker went to town on me and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't my ideal writing experience. And so I right. promised myself after that, that I was just going to take control of my career. And really that's how I learned a lot and the hard way about agency and, not being afraid to say, I'm not comfortable with that. I, yeah. you know, this, that's not my voice. That's not the story I want to tell. And so yeah. I sort of lived by those rules ever since. I'm so interested in this journey because I think also so much of what you write is really vulnerable and how you were just saying that, um, 
you, you know, had to get to a point where you had, you know, found your own voice and really was able to speak up for yourself and say what you want and what you like and what you don't want to do. How did that also transfer to your personal life? When were you able to also in relationships have the words and the tools to be able to say, this is what I like, or this is what I don't like? That's such a great question. Um, well, <laughs> I've been engaged three times. And like I said, I never wanted to get married. In some ways, I'm pretty traditional. I always wanted to be a mother. I more or less identify as straight, monogamous, but things change. <laughs> we're, yeah. all pretty, we're all fluid. Um, and I had to admit to myself and my partners that you can be a lot of different things. Like, mm -hmm. I always wanted kids, but I never wanted a husband. So I had to be able to, like, just say that and just say, like, and I'm not apologizing. P.S. I'm not apologizing for it. Um, so my way didn't make sense for a lot of people. But I... I am who I am. And once I owned that, it made dating so much easier. Also, when I admitted to myself that having a baby was more important to me than almost anything else, I decided to have a, a child on my own mm -hmm. and continue looking for love, as they say, or whatever, um, after, after that was done, because that was just more important to me. I dated actually while I was getting myself pregnant and trying to stay pregnant. And I dated mm -hmm. as soon as I had the baby too. And those were some of the the best and honestly sexiest relationships of my life because I was never more myself mm -hmm. than when I uh, just declared what I wanted and how I was going to get it. Yeah, yeah. Has that kind of vulnerability always been easy as a writer who's, you know, also writing about your own personal life? It used to come very naturally to me. I'm very comfortable with myself and I always put myself out there and I'm blessed in the, in the sense that I come from a family where um, you can say anything, be anything, and there's a ton of unconditional love. I will say, and I don't know if you can relate to this, as I sharpened my tools as a professional writer and I became tough and a little more ferocious in the way I work and saying understanding my worth and fighting for the kind of stories I want to write. Um, I, I've become a bit hardened, I've realized, and I'm proud of that. Like, I, I'm glad that I'm not afraid to be combative and, and I'm not afraid to be very straightforward. I, mm -hmm. I love that about myself and it, it takes time to get there. But I've, I've noticed very recently that like, I've lost a little bit of the soul you know, it's like that tough versus tender thing. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's the balance. So as a writer, it is, it's getting a little bit harder to write about myself because sometimes I'm like, I've just been like clawing my way toward to the career <laughs> I want that I haven't yeah. taken too much time just to, you know, listen to music and read poetry and ha have. These yeah, sort of no, it's hard when moments. you're in it. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And yeah, it's hard. You want to be a fighter. I admire fighters. I admire tough women. But um, it's hard to, to sort of nourish that vulnerable spot inside. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think also just um, how media has changed so much. I mean, if you were, you know, before when you had that glamour column there, you know, social media wasn't as big. Like there were so many other things that I think would, would change also. Um, the sharing of your personal life and just also, you know, having the space to 
process things that you are going through and then having the time to actually write about it later. Whereas now everything feels so quick and instantaneous that it feels like you have to have an answer for everything right away. Absolutely. I know. It, it's it's funny because I, I closed a big deal yesterday, something I've been working on for a while. And oh, congratulations. I went, thank you. I went right into like warrior mode, you know, like, well, now I've got to do this. And I was and set this yeah, up and yeah. call the agent and call the... And I said to my partner, this is, goes into it, like I'm very straightforward in my relationships now. And I said to my partner, I'm going to need for you to get us a bottle of wine and for you to, to toast to me tonight. Because sometimes <laughs> men sometimes men don't know to do those things. And we, <laughs> that works sometimes. Like I've script, I've, I've written my partner scripts before. Like I just need you to say, like say I this love to this. me. <laughs> Um, and he, he's happy. He's like, I, I wouldn't have known. Like, so I, and I need you to get me the bottle of wine and I'm, I need you to toast me. And so we did all that. He made a little toast. It was corny, but it was sweet. And then instead of just taking that moment in, I was like, great, I got to go back to work. And I like left the <laughs> yeah, room yeah. and took my wine and went mm-hmm. right back to work. And it's just like, that's the world we're living in. And I, I don't want to look back and regret that I didn't relax enough and and enjoy my the small victories enough okay so let's talk about sex diaries column in february 2020 we put out a call and, you know, wanted to see if people were interested in being on camera. So I'm interested in to see from your perspective of what were the submissions like? What did you know, what was your gauge on people that wanted to be part of it? Do you feel like they were open? Did you feel like they were honest? What was like the most fascinating thing to you? Oh, wow. Well, the casting process was easily the most intense part of this production uh, from my point of view. I yeah. thought we put that um post up and we'd break the internet. Honestly, I, I remember like I knew it was posting at 901 and I had my phone out and I was like making a video because I wanted to record my face sort of just like I wanted to record the astonishment of what it would be like to get 5 million emails into my inbox. And mm-hmm. like maybe two hours later, I got one. And then like <laughs> later in the day, <laughs> two more came in. Um, it's like that first our weekly column too. It's so hard to find people. Um, yeah. But this one was especially hard because as opposed to the column, these people will not be anonymous. It took a very, very special person to audition to be part of the cast and then to actually be cast. I will say I am in love with every single person who made it into the show. It is the miracle of all miracles plus a shit ton of hard work on everybody's part yeah, that yeah. we found these people, but they are all so perfect. They are so open, so vulnerable, so interesting, and also like very grounded. I mean, we did get a lot of submissions from people who were really immersed in their own sex subculture, which was, you know, they were great too. But we did want our cast to feel, I don't want to say relatable because everybody has their own very unique story, but I think we wanted them to feel um, grounded and have their shit together because we didn't, we we also had to be careful. Uh, we cast people who were emotionally healthy and yeah, yeah, of course. themselves and that it was going to be a very positive experience for them more than anything else. 
Yeah. I guess, you know, since you've been doing Sex Diaries so long, what are some things that you felt like you've learned or been been surprised about and just, you know, learning so much about sex and relationships and specifically things that you really wanted to make sure were going to come across that have been in writing on the cut and in New York Magazine, but then you wanted to make sure that, you know, in this docuseries that it really comes to life and people understand those emotions or concepts um, in, you know, playing up on camera. I'm so free of judgment at this point in my life, I think, I mean, hopefully I always have been this way, but after almost eight years of sex diaries, there is no judgment on anyone and there's joy and pain and complexities in everyone's story. Um, and the, the director is this incredible woman named Jenny Karchman. She can speak to all the, the other things, but I know Jenny wanted to film them with, you know, from a deep place of love and respect I mean, obviously, since you've been doing sex diaries for so long, and I'm sure you have some takeaways of just, you know, open thoughts that you feel like you have seen throughout or or common themes or things that you've learned about sex and relationships from just writing, you know, writing and editing of the column. And if there were any takeaways from the column that you really wanted to make sure made its way onto camera and on screen for yeah. people to see. I think one of the big things for me is, is that... Um, <laughs> Everyone wants to be loved and to love. And mm. we are all so sensitive um, and we are all so affected by our past and our friends and society, the way society accepts us. And we all want belonging. And even it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of sexuality or gender or kink or whatever, there is that common denominator with all of us, which is just the human quest for acceptance and belonging. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think as throughout the years, I, I have noticed that like the dialogue has shifted with the diarists and they are much more open to talking about their past and their trauma and their um, mental health um, and how it's, it's all, it's all connected. It's all connected. I mean, for some people, fucking is still fucking and God bless them. Um, but for most of the people, once you really dive in, it, it is all about the human experience. And, you know, the, the language that these diarists use has just become so much more evolved and nuanced and, um, and direct. Um, and I think that we, we cast people who have that, incredible skill to really understand themselves, put it into words and, and own it. Mm-hmm. I know you're also featured in the docuseries. Um, what, what role do you play on camera and how personal open did you get about your own relationship? I am just Alyssa, the sex diaries columnist, um, in the show. It's, we are not, it wasn't like my own sex diary. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have been as open or honest as they wanted me to be and dragged my partner along kicking and screaming if need be, but <laughs> it didn't really fit like art, artistically into the concept of the show. So you'll just see me um, doing this. Like if you're my diarist, Lindsay, it's just like, okay, tell me about um, the sex party you went to last night. And then yeah. suddenly we transitioned in, into that world with you. Okay. Yeah. I mean... I did, you, did you go to a sex party last night? I did not. No, me neither. 
I was I was at home with my best friend. <laughs> That's the best kind of love. <laughs> but I I do wonder though, since you've been editing Sex Diaries for so long, are there any stories over the years that are that are still stuck in your mind or that were incredibly revelatory for you in your own life? That's such a good question. My favorite sex diary that I ever edited brought me to tears. Um, it was this older gay man who never partnered up and I, I believe was never fully out to his family, but he had these sort of like love stories everywhere that mm-hmm. sustained him. And they were very unconventional and they weren't even necessarily of sexual nature, but they were erotic and, and they were incredibly fulfilling. Like I remember he had a masseuse who gave him the best massages and occasionally gave him a happy ending. And, mm-hmm and sometimes would go to the movies with him afterwards. And the way he wrote it to me, it just, it it was so sweet that I like, I could almost cry right now talking about it because that was, that was enough for him. That was, that was beauty to him. Yeah. Um, So every now and then a diary will come through where I just get to live in someone's world for a while. And I, you know, I get to, hear their heartbeat. Um, and those really move me. A lot of them are just really fun, like it, highly sexual lives that I can live vicariously through. And a few of them definitely turn me on. They yeah. do. Is there, is there one in particular that, um, your girlfriends really loved or are you the friend? I'm also just curious in general, if you're the friend that everybody asks for relationship advice, <laughs> they know that you do this. <laughs> Everybody, everybody. I not just relationship advice, but like um, you know, we work at the cut. We there aren't a lot of things that shock us anymore. And yeah. when I go out in the wild, like when I go back to Massachusetts or somewhere to like my friends in New England, they are like just blown away by modern sex culture. Like somebody mm-hmm. just said to me, he had just come out, or he's he didn't just come out, but he's like young in his early twenties, and he's just getting into sex. Um, at college, and he was just like, I, I, all these guys like are having unprotected sex. What's it called again? And I'm like, raw sex. And he's like, yeah, yeah, everyone's <laughs> having raw sex. And he's like, but why? Like, I can't believe it. We were taught to wear condoms. And I was like, honey, prep. Like, everyone's on prep. I'm not saying yeah. that's right or wrong, but he hadn't really heard about prep. Been exposed and, to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, there's always moments like that where I'm just like, the person that people feel comfortable asking. And, you know, I, there was, I have this new mom friend. I won't give any details, but I don't really know her other than our kids are at school together. And she kind of like collapsed in my arms the other day and, and was bawling her eyes out and said, I had an affair and I got caught and I don't know what to do. And I, she barely knows me. All she knows is that I have this column. So what advice did you give her? (laughs) Oh God. I mean, I would say, I, to, I told her, I let's talk. It's complicated and it's not black and white. And because, you know, as we, as she shared more, I totally understood why she needed sex as an escape from her reality. Wow, wow. But yeah, that happens to me every day, <laughs> pretty much. And, and honestly, it's a privilege, you know, I'm yeah. really lucky that I have this very rich work life that's led to a very rich personal life. So what do you hope that viewers experience when they watch Sex Diaries? I'm going to sound like I'm like I'm just a walking promotion for the show. But honestly, I really have no 
horses in this race. It, if it's a hit, it's a hit. If it's not, it's a not. You know, I still have my column. So I'm saying this from a very sincere place. It is such a work of art. It is so beautiful. The way it's shot, the way these stories are told, the cast mm-hmm. themselves, it is strikingly beautiful um, and moving. It's also very, <laughs> it's hot. It's really hot, um, whatever you're into. And, you know, it's funny. I ha- There's um, eight different characters. And, of course, there's some when we film them and cast them. I was like, oh, that's me. You know, I'm her. Or, I guess she's my girl. Um, yeah. Or they're my person. And then when I was watching it, I was there's one um, episode and one character who I never really connected to on a, on a deeply personal level. And I watched that one and I was just like, I texted the director and I was like, I'm, I'm shaking, like I'm blown away. I'm shaking. This episode is so good. Um, and I'm so fascinated. I like, I'm, I talked to him for months about his story and here I am completely fascinated and blown away by him and, mm-hmm. um, and enlightened and aroused and all of it. I love that. Yeah. So now that sex diaries is, Finally, a docu-series is film, TV, something that you want to continue to do? Like, what what do you want to do more of in the future? Yeah, I've been chasing down TV projects for a very long time. And as I'm sure you know, it is extremely hard to get yeah. a seat at the popular table um, in yeah, the TV it's a process. World. It is a process. And I've had my heart broken more times than I care to remember, you know, walking into these meetings in LA and everybody loving your story and your voice and saying like, we'll call you tomorrow. And then I like call my parents and I'm like, I'm moving to the hills and I'm so sorry, but like, it's my career. And then, you know, you never hear from anybody ever again, uh, or they pass. Um, so I've had a lot of that, but I've kept going because that's just, that's what I want. And that's the goal. Um, and that's the next challenge for me. So I'm lucky that my book was optioned and we're developing it now. And hopefully that will be the next big thing. Um, maybe sex diaries will get another season or 10. We'll see, but I I loved it. I loved making the show and I'm so proud of it. I am too. And so, so excited for you. And I can't wait for everyone to see the show. It's amazing. And thank you for all of your work on it. It really is a good ride. I'm, I'm excited for people to see it. Thank you. And thank you for the cut. I'll just tell you, like the cut basically saved my life when I had my daughter. I was about to become a single mom and I had no reliable income and no like secret writer money like a lot of yeah, yeah. writers do. And the cut gave me sex diaries and it really kept the lights on. So... I'm eternally yeah. grateful and loyal to you and everyone over there. Oh my God, no! It's, it's such a it's <laughs> such a great column and obviously such a fascinating topic to just of the human experience and how we all want and need and desire love. So I'm super super excited for you always. Thanks, Lindsay. In her shoes is hosted by me, Lindsay Peoples. Our producer and editor for this episode is Taka Zen. Our engineer is Brandon McFarlane, and our executive producer is Hannah Rosen. The Cut is made possible by the excellent team at New York Magazine. Subscribe today at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Lindsay Peoples, and thank you so much for listening.